I had this wonderful moment, and it came yesterday. And it came when I walked outside and I realized that the high of the day was going to be 72 degrees. I don't know, parents, especially those of you here in McHenry, how you feel, but at this Labor Day weekend, I feel like my children have already been in school for a month and a half, which isn't really that far off given what start date was. And you come to a weekend like this and the weather is cool and the sun is, is shaded and there's this sense of, ah, of just soaking in God's rest, in his goodness, in some quietness. Today we, uh, we finish this look at this thing called segula and what it means to be segula to God. And my prayer for you today is that we have a time to rest. Rest in what God says about us and rest in God's truth that defines us and rest with a calm and a peace inside knowing the truth even despite what we feel. So I want to invite you to pray with me today. God, we come. We come as people whom you have called Segula. And God, our prayer is that we take heart, even when our heart betrays us, that we derive strength even when we feel weak. Lord God, that we find peace and calm even when life feels a storm, in knowing our worth before you. So guide us today, God. Guide me. Open our ears. Open my mouth. We pray in your name. Amen. Two weeks ago, I asked you to flip over a connection card and look at the back and challenged you to spend the last couple of weeks memorizing Deuteronomy 7, verse 6. It's the passage defining what we're talking about. Here it is this morning. I want to encourage you to either read it along with me out loud or if you think you have it imprinted, to close your eyes and to try to say it along with us and, and see how God's words become your words. It says, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. That last two-word phrase, treasured possession, in Hebrew is segula. You are his segula. You are treasured to God. You are priceless to him. And what I'd like to, to spend some time talking about this morning is getting into the nuts and bolts of what priceless actually means. See, I think all of us question our worth at times. And it's very easy to want to begin to quantify what we're worth. And of course, people all around us seem to define us by our worth to them. And now, we know that the right answer to the question, what am I worth, is priceless. But, but, but let's go to reality for a moment. Because doesn't it often feel more like this? Uh, parents, doesn't it often feel like the only worth you have to your children is where you are able to take them 
when they have somewhere to go and what you are willing to buy them when they go to the store and say, I want that, or how much you're able to pay on a tuition bill when it comes in. How many of us with our friends, those closest to us, do we start to wonder, it seems like the only worth and value I have in this friendship is what I am able to provide when they need something from me. And the only time we seem to hear from them or, or when the relationship gets warm and close is when they're angling for something that we can help them with. You got a free Saturday. Can I use your hedge trimmers? Can I bum a ride to school? Or, right, you, know, you, you know what I mean, right? And how many of us, I mean, let's face it, who are married, sometimes wonder, and the only thing, is the only thing that I'm worth to my spouse the paycheck that I bring home or the house that I clean or what I cook or what sexual desires I fulfill or any number of other things? See, the reality, despite the correct answer of being priceless, is that oftentimes it feels that our worth is quantifiable in this world to people around. It's the value placed on us. And sometimes I think we get this sense that if we were to be listed on Amazon, there, there, there would have to be not only a bidding price, but also a condition of like new to very used that seems to drive what we're worth. But your worth to God is so much different than all of that. It is defined so much differently. And you might not feel it, but there are tangibles in terms of how God has defined your worth to him. What are you worth to God? You're worth creating. What are you worth to God? For him you are worth knowing. What are you worth to God? For him, you're worth dying for. But let's get into it. What are you worth? Now, let's go to what... Let's go to you. What I would like to do is calculate the tangible value of a human being. Now, now let's start here. Let's say that after service we were to pull up a bus and what we were to do is get you on the bus and we were to drive you to Dow Chemicals and have you distilled for the chemical makeup of your body. So when you look at all the stuff kind of floating around inside of you that can be used for tangible or, or intrinsic value commodity-like purposes, how much are you worth? Well, after looking around about this, it's been some very funky research going on this past week. Let me just tell you, all right? And this seems to be what the standard holds. About a buck. When they drain the water out of you, which of course can't be bottled and drunk because, well, that would be nasty. The dry weight value of your body in terms of its chemical makeup a dollar. One dollar. Interestingly, what's most valuable inside of you is the sulfur content of your anatomy. Um, they use it to make matches. So, good news if you're feeling worthless.
today. But see, you know, where you, you know where you score the bigger bucks? It's your organs. See, there's an entire industry today known as body brokering, as labs and medical institutions and other places are, are, are in, 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 in demand of things to use not only for research but also for surgical procedures. Let me just give you a list of a few of what you will go for on the market today. Your hand and your forearm, 385 bucks. Cha-ching, all right? Your kidneys, you got two of them, right? You can score three to five on one of those babies, all right? Three to five hundred dollars for a kidney. Your heart, five hundred. Your brain, six hundred. But interestingly, your knee is worth six fifty. I could get $900 for your spine. Some of you are saying, but my husband doesn't have one. <laughs> now here's where the bucks start rolling in. A pair of corneas, Jesus said, gouge out your eye. A pair of corneas is going for $6,000 a pair. On the black market, you can do even better. Black market prices, at least from what I'm able to find, uh, it seems that kidneys can go for as much as $85,000. Now, don't you go getting too excited about this thinking you're paying off your house because after you sort out the middlemen in order to get it to the buyer, and assuming, of course, that you don't get caught and there isn't legal fees and that you don't get infected from the back alley doctor and everything else, all right? The seller is generally only getting three to $6,000 for the kidney. Still, it beats three to five hundred. Would you agree? This is what you're worth. This is the actual intrinsic value of you. One dollar, or if you play the commodities market right, you know, you know, score time, right? But God sees you as worth something so much more. God sees you as someone worth creating. And it is not for what makes you, you. God sees you as someone worth creating. And what gives you worth is God. It's a sobering thing to look at the value of a human life. But what gives you priceless value is that God said, I made you. Why is it that when a five-year-old scribbles a picture, it isn't worth two cents, but when Van Gogh scribbles a picture, it is priceless? You may feel a scribbled mess, mismatched and ill put together, non-functioning, not working, not worth the organs in your body. But God looks at you and says, Masterpiece. But Lord, I don't work the way I want to work. Masterpiece. But Lord, I'm imperfect and wrongly formed. Masterpiece. God looks at you and says, I have created you, and that defines everything in terms of what you're worth. The psalmist says, 
You, O God, created me. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God has made you, and so you are segula to God. Now, I, I did a little bit more research. See, a lot of people don't realize this. The slave trade in the world today is a more vibrant industry than it was even in the 18th and the 19th century in the days of slavery that we often think about. Slavery is a living reality today globally and not just in the third world, even here in the United States. It's interesting that most slaves today, or at least more than 50%, are under the age of 18. That about 80% of people who are traded on the slave market today are used primarily for reasons of sexual exploitation. But 19%, according to at least the websites I trust, are still being put and used as slaves today for labor. It is alive and it is well. I was looking at things posted by the FBI and other anti-slavery movements and campaigns in various organizations today, trying to come up with what seems to be the average cost, the average price for a human being to be purchased on the worldwide slave market today. You ready? I got it right here. 20, 40, another 50. Here we go, you see it? $90. $90 is what someone can get for you on the slave market today. $90 is what your child is worth on the international market today. Now, given what, what slavery is predominantly used for, I took it a step further and found that at the University of Chicago, the economics department did a study on the average street wage of a Chicago prostitute. Because if it's $90 for a sex slave on the world market today, well, what happens if I'm self-employed or what happens if I'm contracted with a pimp? And what's it like right here close to home? First of all, they put this equation up that was this long that they used to determine it. But after computing the numbers and going through and doing averages based on what the police have found and what undercover people have found and what they've done through extensive interviews at one of the premier economics institutes of our world, they found that the average street wage for a prostitute working full-time is less than $20,000 a year. And when you factor in the risk of disease, the criminal proceedings that often follow, the violence that's ubiquitous to women and men in that lifestyle, but more so the emotional and the spiritual damage that comes from someone who is selling themselves. It leaves you going, is this all I'm worth? But God looks at you and sees you as someone worth knowing. 
You are not just a thing to God. You are more than human chattel. See, it's surprising to me because we know the right answer is priceless to what I'm worth and that someone isn't worth $90 on the market today, but the reality is someone is worth $90 on the market today. And the reason why is because if they die, they run away, they get lost. There's plenty of other people to take their place. We live in a world where there's a lot of them, right? And when you start looking at the runaways and the orphans and the displaced and the refugees and the people who are simply just desperate or down on their luck or trying to make a better life from themselves because they're caught in poverty, the reality is not even worth a hundred bucks. Because when you go, I can get ten more. But God looks at each of these people and he looks at each of you. And he says, you are worth so much more than what someone is willing to pay you. You are worth so much more than what someone is willing to pay for you. Because God looks at each of you and he says, you are someone worth knowing. Not as a number, not as a statistic, but intimately, personally, the same psalm, which is just, it, it's great. Just memorize it sometime. It says, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. Do you ever feel like no one understands? You ever feel like no one actually gets you? Worse, do you feel like even if they did, they don't really care? God thinks you are so interesting, so amazing, and so unique that you are worth knowing in a personal way. You ever have these moments where there's someone that you idolize or someone that you like. And I'm not talking about you like them, right? I'm talking you like them. And you ever have these moments where you go, I wish they would notice me. I wish they would like me. I wish someone like that would find me interesting. I wish they would look at me and go, wow instead of just seeing another face in the hall or another face in the street. But God, who surpasses all these people that we idolize, looks at each of you. And he looks at you and he says, I want to know you. I find you fascinating and I want to know you. I want to know what makes you tick. I want to spend time getting into you and being with you. Because who you are is priceless to me. Now, I did one more round of calculations. And this is what I would call the it's a wonderful life syndrome. Am I worth more dead than I am alive? Now, each of us can take a look at our own life insurance policies if we have them and probably go, yep. <laughs> Case closed. But you can look at other things as well. 
How does the insurance industry, the medical insurance industry today, calculate the value of a human life when it comes to figuring out whether a procedure is worth doing or letting a person die? Time Magazine did a study on this back in 2008. They came up with a range and it depended. $50,000 to $129,000 in a year. That's the value an insurance company places on you. You could look at other things, not only your own life insurance, but you can look at the death benefit that the, the government provides for a family when a soldier dies in Iraq or Afghanistan or a similar theater. It starts getting higher, $500,000. You can sit down and calculate what, what a human being will earn over the course of their life. And it starts to get really sexy and really flashy until you start deducting things like taxes and cost of living and interest for expected debt. And suddenly it starts getting, well, pretty depressing. I actually found a website that I had some fun on. It's called humanforsale.com, where they will ask you a battery of questions, give you IQ tests, and do things of the like, and they will calculate your value in the market today. 2.1 mil, baby, right here, all right? <laughs> You know what? That's not even a lawsuit. It sounds like more than we can ever dream, but I've learned that that can be gone in an instant. Sometimes I think some of us look at our family and look at our condition and look at our straits and go, I would be worth more to my family dead than alive. But do you know what God says? He looks at each of you and he says, you might think you're worth more dead than alive, but I think your life is worth dying for. You are so priceless, so precious, so treasured to God that the God of the universe thinks that you are worth dying for. Romans 5 puts it this way. Paul writes, Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man. Now, it's been known to happen that someone will lay themselves down for a very good person. For a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. It isn't inconceivable. But wrap your mind around this. But God, but God demonstrates his love for you in this. While you're a rotten, filthy, dirty sinner, while you're worthless, bad looking at the value of your organs, going, that's probably worse than who I am and what I've become. God looks at you while you are at your worst, at your most broken, at your most dysfunctional, and at your most messed up, and says, you are worth dying for to me. Segulas. You are worth so much more to God than the price tag this world puts upon you. You are worth so much more to God than the own sense of self-worth 
that you perceive. Lamentations 4 writes this. The sons and daughters of Zion are worth their weight in gold. At 1,600 an ounce and the guts that we carry, that's quite a lot. It's the Bible's way of saying you are priceless to him. So I want you to know this this morning. For those of you who have ever questioned your worth, for those of you who have ever thought, I'm probably not good for anything, for those of you who look at yourself and say, whatever good was within me, I, I spent that collateral long ago. For those of you thinking that you're worth more dead than alive, know that you are a masterpiece, unique, priceless, worth creating, worth knowing, worth dying for to God. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we come here before you and some of us come feeling quite worthless. God, some of us come before you probably have not given it much thought at all and others might even be here today, God, before you going, yeah, I feel pretty valuable. But God, all of it, all of it doesn't hold, isn't a shadow of the worth that you put upon us. For those times we doubt our worth, for those times, oh God, when we feel priced, sold out, used and in the garage sale secondhand bin, may we hear you saying, priceless, treasured, segula, worth making, worth knowing, worth dying for to me. Amen.